Hi, this is Roy Jones with Man Talk Radio Podcast. Our mission is to break down the walls of race and denomination. Your chosen Truth Radio broadcast will be starting in just a few seconds. Thank you. This is the Truth Network. The heart of every man craves a great adventure, but life doesn't usually feel that way. Jesus speaks of narrow gates and wide roads, but the masculine journey is filled with many twists and turns. So how do we keep from losing heart while trying to find the good way when life feels more like a losing battle than something worth dying for? Grab your gear and come on a quest with your band of brothers who will serve as the guides in what we call the masculine journey. The Masculine Journey starts here now. Welcome to Masculine Journey. We are glad that you're with us this week. And it's a, if, if the number of clips that we submit, you know, on our team is an evidence of a good topic. Danny, you have a great topic. I know, an abundance of clips. And we had a clip cutting. Yeah, we had to, we had to cut some clips out. Yeah. Yeah, because we're not going to be able to get to them all. So if you want to know what clips we didn't get to, go to uh, Danny at Masculine Journey. <laughs> go to Robbie at Masculine Journey. <laughs> or any of us at MasculineJourney.org, and we'll answer your questions for you. So, so Danny, tell us a little bit about your topic for the week. Well, the topic is spiritual wounds that turned into like messages of hope. Mm-hmm. And just thought process behind it was, you know, things that you know you were wounded over, but... Somehow, some way, God has used it in healing. Maybe not totally, but God seems to put people in my life that have similar wounds, and it kind of a you become a guide through some of the stuff. So, yeah, and, and when you're talking about spiritual wounds, I mean it can involve physical wounding, yes. obviously, but it, it's a spiritual impact. Yes, the impact uh, to your heart. That yeah, that's what we're talking about. Okay, okay, yeah, I got it now. I'm good. <laughs> So uh, do you want to go ahead and tell us a little bit about the first clip? The first clip is from the Andy Griffith Show, which did that for my friend Robbie because he'd been missing an Andy Griffith clip. So it's from the first episode of, it's called The New Housekeeper, and Opie's kind of the wounded one because his cool housekeeper is getting married and she's leaving, and she did a lot of things with Opie, and so... But Andy keeps selling the bill that Aunt B is coming. And if you're a fan of the Andy Griffith Show, I know not everybody is, but you ought to be. Yeah. Um, the then you should. Uh, then Aunt B becomes, you know, one of the stars of the show. But Opie, she can't do anything Rose could do, and mm. so Opie's pretty much pushing her out. But the scene is the end, end of the show, and Opie has a heart change toward Aunt B and kind of goes after her heart. So here we go. I wish you wouldn't leave, Aunt B. Maybe if you'd give him a little more time. No, and it's much better this way. Not that I wouldn't give anything to do the things he likes to do, play baseball and fish and all the... Well, he's a very smart little boy. I couldn't fool him. And you know, Andy, he's going through a very, very hard time. I know. I think we better get going. I'll go. Whoa, Andy, wait! Opie, what are you doing in your pajamas? Don't go, Andy. I don't want you to. I want you to stay. Oh, you? you? You mean it, Opie? 
Sure! Well, what changed your mind? Well, if she goes, what will happen to her? She doesn't know how to do anything. <laughs> but if we all catch fish or frogs, she'll be helpless. Yeah, I guess that's right. A woman don't know how to do important things like that. Why, why she'd just be lost. So that's why she's got to stay, so I can teach him to her. You need me. If you don't like Andy Griffith, you need to reach out to we need to pray for you at masculinejourney.com. <laughs> no, honestly, it's it's such a great show. And, and Danny, what was it about that clip that really prompted you to bring it? Well, Opie's change of heart is so sweet because he he honestly, from a I guess Opie's about four, five, six, somewhere along in there. And he just honestly, I mean, face it, I mean, if you can't play ball, hunt frogs and fish, you're pretty much doomed in this life, I feel sure. Mm-hmm. And that was his perspective of going after her heart. And, you know, so often people put those agents of sanctification in, in my own life and that kind of rubbed me the wrong way or just it not like it used to be, but ultimately end up with some great friendships out of it. Mm-hmm. You know, we talk a lot about the healing that happens at, at boot camp or outside of boot camp or with God as you walk with God. But God doesn't let you just sit there healed, right? I mean, to degrees of healing, right? And there's always more healing to be had, but he's going to have you do something with it. You know, he's going to ask you to, to work on others with it. Yeah. Right? And I'm sure there's a scripture in there somewhere. Yeah. 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 And it's you know, Second Corinthians chapter 1, right? I think it is. Four, one. It's in there. No, it's one four. I think well, Paul, it's chapter yeah. one, verse I, I, four, right? The God Paul of all comfort it. comforts us so that we could be comforted with the comforted we were comforted with. That's how it goes. Does it sound right, Andy? <laughs> Danny. Andy, Danny. That sounds right. Andy and Danny agree. Well, go ahead and read it again. We, I was talking. But that's over not the it. one I had pulled up. Oh, then let me have him say it again. Yeah, you have to say it again. <laughs> no, come back to it. Well, let Andy do it. He's got it pulled up. Well, go ahead, Andy, Danny, whatever. So. Um, let me find the right uh, well, who on, comforted man. us in all our tribulation he's talking about God that we may be able to comfort them which are in, in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted by God yeah I think it's pretty much what you said yep yeah I mean he, a lot of comforting like going on yeah RSD. exactly yeah I used the Robbie Standard version Robbie oh, Standard version yeah <laughs> so Danny there's more than one scripture that talks about there's this absolutely or the scripture I put out to you guys, yeah. and hopefully y'all saw it. I didn't read it. I didn't think so. <laughs> <laughs> is Joshua 4 says that this may be a sign among you that when your children ask their fathers in time, come saying, what mean ye by these stones? Then you shall answer them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord when it passed over Jordan. The waters of Jordan were cut off, and these stones shall be for a memorial unto the children of Israel forever. Um, just a reminder, the stones were a reminder of the, you know, I can't imagine being pushed up against a body of water and enemies pressing on you and that kind of thing, but it was a reminder of what God has done. And that's kind of the way I see, like, physical scars mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. a reminder that there was, yeah, there was pain, but there was also healing. Well, they were self-inflicted, which I have many self-inflicted scars. But wow, I should have read that. That was good. So while we're on, <laughs> I actually I did read it, Danny. It was good. 
So while we're on scripture, I'll throw out one more. Um, oh, three. Um, what? You're cutting out a little bit there. Am I? Is that? Uh, I don't think we can hear you. Can you not hear me? No. No, it's cutting out. Let's go ahead and give you the other mic, and we'll kind of go from there. This will be quick, but it, it really goes along the same lines. We've used it many times. Confess your faults one to another that you may be healed. Now, in that, you would think, well, how's that tied to a wound? But a lot of times your faults are tied to your overcompensation for a wound. And when you confess those and you confess the way that God healed you, it, it brings healing to other people. So, Okay. So while you have the microphone, do you have a, a story that comes to mind of when no, God No, that's to? after hours. That's your, <laughs> you're a little bit early here, man. Time out. We're on to another clip or something. Aren't we? <laughs> We're good to go to break here in a second. <laughs> good. Well, uh, I'll, I'll bail you out there. All right, thanks. I, you know, there's been plenty of times God's kind of done that. I... Uh, I, I, this last week, week I did my first uh, uh, real counseling session with somebody as a counselor. Uh, I've done counseling over the years with people from boot camps and people I've met at church and those kinds of things, and worked with men from time to time, you know, on stuff. But this is my first, you know, cold, never met the person before, you know. And, and as I was listening to their story, God was constantly reminding me of, "Yep, you've experienced that. Yep, you've experienced that. Yes, you've had that happen too." Right, and so it wasn't an accident that the, the, he and I are, are together meeting. I don't know where God's going to take it yet, but he was reminding him of, you know, you've got, you've got some uh, parallel journey that you've went on. You've, you've been down that road just a little bit ahead of, of him, you know, and so there's a lot of comfort in knowing, okay, I can at least speak to what God's done, right? Yeah, I, on one time I worked at the uh, Association of Christian Counselors um, National you know, event or whatever. And I was asked to, to do, you know, a hundred and some odd interviews over the weekend of all these different counselors. And God just gave me that scripture, you know, second Corinthians chapter one, verse four, as you would say, you know, and I would just open the interview with, you know, the God of all comfort comforts us with comfort. We comfort others with what is, how does that speak to your ministry? And you wouldn't believe story after story after story after story. Like if they were working a, a suicide hotline, guess what? You know, they'd experience suicide. If, if, if they were working in an abortion clinic, they'd had abortions. If, if they were working in marriage counseling, they'd been through divorces. And, and time and time again, it, it was mind-blowing. But my favorite story was we had this um, – psychiatrist he looked like sigmund freud you know he had the little goatee and the three-piece vest and the glasses and the whole bit and so when he told me he was a full-blown psychiatrist i was like i don't know if this is going to work but god told me to use it so i said okay the comfort of all you know same line and he said well now i've never told anybody this before but when i uh, got married i went insane and i'm like really and he said yeah i was in the hospital a couple weeks after I got married, and I saw this little red dot on the wall, and I thought it was Satan, and my new bride climbed up on the bed next to me, and she looked at me just heartbroken, and she said, I don't know how this has happened to you, but I can't live without you, so if you can tell me how to get where you are so that I can be there. And as I heard her heart breaking I began to ask God for a way out, and he showed me that way out, and now that's what I do with my patients, right? And I, you know, when you see that in living, like, oh my goodness, 
I mean, this is so clearly, you know, what God does. And, and you know, in all our lives, and I have stories for after hours too, mm-hmm. but, you know, it's one of those things, you know, that it's just amazing how God uses it. Yeah, Danny, uh, you know, going back to your, your scripture, you know, obviously the whole comforting thing is, is tying in, but I really like the, the remembering. You know, God will, will take us back and remind us of those things that he's done, right? Yeah, it's kind of, the, I think, the purpose of memory in itself is that you can remember what God has done. Now, we use it to, a lot of times, remember the negative stuff. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's amazing to me that if you're in a room full of 100 people and one of them had made you mad, you'd remember his name, address, phone number, the whole nine yards. Mm-hmm. But the rest of them, you go, yeah, I think I met him once. Yeah, I might have met him. Yeah. You know, I'm really excited about coming back after the uh, the break is because we're going to have Harold's second clip ever. Harold's second clip ever. Yes, I said that. And he had that even looked it up online and the whole deal. So we're going to come back, learn about that story and learn about why that clip really spoke to him. But go to masculinejourney.org. Look for the upcoming boot camp coming up in March. Hi, this is Sam with Masculine Journey. I'm here with my son, Eli. We're going to talk about ways that you can help support the ministry. One way you can go to smile.amazon.com. Go to smile.amazon.com. There's information on our website there on how to do that. You go to Facebook.com and click the donate button, or you can go to MasculineJourney.org and find the donate button. MasculineJourney.org. Or if you want to mail something in, mail it to P.O. Box 550, Kernersville, North Carolina, 27285. Let's take a bite out of internet auto crime. Staying on the highway with the Christian Car Guy. Internet theft was up over $560 million in 2009. Many were auto scams like overpayment schemes, second chance auctions. Most of the time, these scams included either Western Union or bank wires. Get some help before you spend thousands. Remember, without counsel, plans go awry. Staying on the highway with the Christian Car Guy. For more tips, go to ChristianCarGuy.com. Andy, that was your uh, that was your bump. So tell us a little bit about it. So yeah, we were just finding something tied to wounds, and that actually is a perspective coming from God. That's Matthew West with mended, and mm-hmm. he's talking about God mending us. And we're talking really about individuals and our stories helping somebody else. But you know, when I hear it, you know, in that um, in the as you listen to it, it says. I see certain things, and I took it as when I first heard it is, is I see the possibilities of somebody else coming out from their woundedness as I share my story with them and help them through it. And, you know, obviously God's involved in all of that. He expects us to, you know, use those very stories that he gives us. I mean, it's like if if we're, if we're he brings us through something and we don't share it with somebody else, you know, that's, you know, to me that's like the ultimate sin of not being able to really – um, share our story and help somebody else out. That is, he gives us that story for a purpose. So, well, absolutely, I, I would. Yeah, I know Sorry. the Lord's Scripture brings people to salvation, right? But I also know that the the stories that people share, right, the the impact that was made in their life, the the personal thing that the people have walked through. Yeah, I mean that 
scripture from Revelation 12 about we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. I mean, we overcome our circumstances, but I have to believe that it also helps somebody else overcome their woundedness and their hurting. Yeah, way to throw in more scripture. Thank you, Andy. And I'm going to throw in an extra bump. I find it real amusing that <laughs> I had the Hollies, uh, he ain't heavy, he's my brother, and it didn't get used. But you said exactly what I was going to say, and that if we have those wounds and we just keep them to ourselves, they'll fester and we'll die. But if we are letting God heal us and then we're sharing that with others and bearing other people's burdens, it's a right use of our our injuries. Yeah, you sound a little wounded over the whole bump thing there. I am, I'm just saying. but I, I got over it, and okay. everyone's forgiven. So. Right, just check it. Well, Harold, I was not really poking fun. I know I poke fun a lot, but I'm really excited about this this uh, clip that you're going to tell us about and play. Well, this is one that I found. On- uh, hold on one second. We'll go ahead and grab you this other mic. We may have to have you scoot up a little bit. Or stand up. Or stand up. Or- I am standing up. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I found this clip. Uh, I was looking to see about clips related to wounds and scars, etc. And I have not seen this movie, but looking at the clip and listening to it, I realized just how much uh, it did relate to me and my experience. Uh, I carried a wound for most of my life up until I was already pretty advanced in my adulthood. My father had a problem with alcohol, and because of that, uh, it affected me greatly. I I had a lot of shame associated with that. Uh, I come to find out later that he had an incident in his life that I didn't know about until, again, I was an adult with children of my own. Uh, My father had been married before he married my mother. And his first wife was pregnant with their first child, and she died with typhoid fever. And I could see my father go sometimes weeks or even months without drinking, but when May would roll around, you could count on him falling off the wagon. And my father was not a social drinker. He stopped by the ABC store. He drank it as fast as he could just to get his head out of the world. And there's a line in this clip that uh, really resonated with me. All this time I've been out looking for work. Yeah. Something about that ain't entirely accurate. Truth of the matter is I've been in a... I've been in a hospital. For what? What has to do with me being in a war. Well, I went, I went nuts for a little while. And the doctors call it post-traumatic stress. Remember how I used to, I used to do things before they didn't make no sense? Well, that's because there's a lot of pain in my head. And I'm going to tell you something else, too. I landed three jobs after the war. And I lost every one of them because of them dreams. It wasn't because I couldn't do the work, son. 
finding out a, a lot of men who go off to war, they just don't come back the same. A lot of not me. <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely getting better. Yeah, I used to think PTSD was a war-related thing, and while it is, it's not the only thing. And the other thing that came through to me is that, yeah, I had a wound, so did my dad, and his wound was greater than mine. And uh, fortunately, I did forgive him. We had a good relationship the last several years of his life, even though when I was a young teenager, I bordered on hating my father for what he was putting the rest of the family through. But being a good friend for many years, how many men have come in to cross your path their fathers was were alcoholics and obviously you know you've been in that position well i can try to help anybody who who's in that situation because i have been there and i know that you can come out on the other side of it being a better man than you were going in but we need to be aware of the fact that hurting people do hurt people and we need to look for what's hurting them and it may help us to have a better attitude toward them. Agreed. Thank you, Harold. I, I like that clip. When I was listening to it this time, there's something that really kind of jumped out that, you know, you don't have to have been in a war, such as your dad, to have warfare, right? right? We all have warfare on us, and sometimes that does make us feel like we're in a place that we can't cope with the world, that we can't deal with things, and that there's not a lot of options. You know, I, I was telling my son, uh, my oldest son, this um, last weekend that, you know, when I went through some stuff when he was really little, uh, there was a point where I really was convinced that the world would be better off without me, right? You know, and fortunately, I didn't act on those things because I was fearful what would happen with my daughters, uh, you know, and if they would go back to their, their natural mother or whatever, and, and to the point where I got to a doctor and got some medication that helped me get through a season, you know, to get through that warfare where you just feel really beaten down and beat up and and all that, and I think that you know it, it's comforting in a way, and, and sad in a bigger way, that we all go through our own journeys of those. They may they may not end at the same destination of where you think you're hopeless or all that, but it's definitely a common message. One of one of hopelessness. One of you know you don't have an option here, right? And and the strength about that is that we all have those stories that you know you have your flavor, Rodney, or Danny has his, or whatever that is. But it, it will match up with someone else's story. You know that we can speak to it as you talked about Harold one of the really good <clears throat> excuse me one of the really good things for me was realizing what a good man my father was except for his problem with the alcohol because he was constantly doing things for other people repairing automobiles uh, he worked with the gas company he would install stuff I remember crawling up under houses doing plumbing work with him my father was a good man. It, it took me being a smarter adult to realize it. Yeah, he was a good man with a broken heart. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, Danny, I want to see if there's more you want to touch on the topic before we go into the after hours. Uh, we'll work on getting your mic over there. Yeah, we're sharing this mic. Um, well, I mean, y'all have touched on it very well that, you know, there is those places, and most of the time more than one, but that, you know, like me and my alcoholism and addiction and the, you know, so many times God puts people 
like-minded people in your path and it, it, it's so interesting to see sometimes and it, it'll take you down some interesting adventures we talk about an adventure to live well god's got one on every corner i think so yeah it's god is uh, able to step in and start working on your healing at any time all, all you have to do is say god i need you Right, and let him start coming in and working on your heart. And it may not, I can promise you it won't probably be the way you think it's going to go, but no. he's going to respond and he's going to come in in the angle that you need to get the healing in your heart. Right? It's not going to be a way that you expect. You know, I'm not going to say a prayer, pull the little you know, machine thing, and all of a sudden, ta-da, healed. You know, I get the little healed sticker and stick it on me. No, it's going to be a journey to go through and do some of that stuff. Um, a great time to do that is at a boot camp. You know, and it's not just our boot camps. There's other boot camps going on. If you need to get to one before we have one March 31st through uh, April 3rd, you know, we'll, we'll get you set up with another one, right, somewhere around here that you can get and spend some time with God. The important part is the times with God, whether it's at the place that we do it or whether you go to someplace else, or even if you can get some time and go out in the woods or go out near the river or lake or whatever, you find peace and comfort to go get some time with him and let him really start to speak into that. The other thing to ask him is, God, you know, the stuff I've been through, help me see the times that you've stuck people in my life that I've been able to give them a word of advice or word of uh, your love, whether I knew it or not. What's the the saying, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear? Yeah. Yeah, that's from Zorro. Yeah. That's from uh, the original Mask of Zorro, I think it was. So, anyone else got anything before we go into the after hours? Robbie, you got anything you'd like to add? Well, I know in my own, you know, particular case, where it seems like I keep ending up because when I was 16, I attempted suicide and, you know, over a broken heart. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even, I'd buried it so deep why that was. It took the boot camp, my first boot camp, to even discover the wound of the reason that I tried it to begin with. Um, which had to do with betrayal and a girl, a lot of things. But but the thing I found later in life as I had a chance actually to to work with people there, God started to open up my heart to, wow, had that happened, I would never have had Mariah. Um, Tess would have never had Lila. And it was, if I'd murdered myself, I was literally murdering all these people that now are so near and dear and phenomenal in my life you know one of the things that just clearly is is means the world to me so we got after hours coming a lot more stories we do and that's where we're going to share a lot of our stories and actually we're sharing god's story and his work in our life right that's what it's really about and so if you want to go to the boot camp you want information on the boot camp you know reach out to us any of our names at masculinejourney.org also you can go to facebook and reach out to us we'll talk to you next week This is the Truth Network.